And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, welcome to the 15 second dance tutorial. The only dance tutorial for people who want to learn how to dance but don't have a lot of time. We're going to start with this. Then we're going to roll it into that. Okay? Then we're going to mix a little bit of this in. And when we string it all together, it looks something like this. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, December 16th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? We got our Top Shot Hot Boy. Got himself a new haircut over there, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. Ooh. Wow. Looking real good. Got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mmm. Lily, and last, certainly not least, making this magic happen day in, day out, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, and share the show. Keep emailing in your NBA questions as well to nodunks at theathletic.com. Did a little beach step in on yesterday's pod. So thank you to everybody that's sending questions and keep doing so. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. At No Dunks Inc. And uh, finally, no spoilers here on No Dunks, but, 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 today, at about 1 p.m. Eastern, okay, 10 a.m. Pacific, we're going to break down last night's final episode of Survivor 41. We'll have pizza and champagne, and uh, the great Jason Concepcion will join us. So, yes, 1 p.m. Eastern, over on our No Buffs YouTube feed, we'll be live on YouTube, and then turn that into a podcast. And you got to subscribe to No Buffs on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to your Survivor content. So yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Lots to talk about. But, oh my God, NBA crazy last night. We're going to get into a lot of the games, a lot of the game winners. Then we got Is This News later. We got ourselves another wedgie, boys. Wedgie number 15. <laughs> yeah. This is our third one of the week of the defensive variety here. The rookie. Chris Duarte from behind, pins it in there. Yep, that's his wedgie. You got to give that to the defensive mm-hmm. player there. So nice stuff. There you go. Pace ticking up. Mm. Wow. That's really nice to see, Tess. Beautiful. And I love a block wedgie, as you said. When it's in the box score, it would go to the defensive player, Duarte. Mm. One. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, we, so we tweeted this out, of course. And thanks to everybody that always hits us up on Instagram and Twitter. Like, oh, there was a wedgie in the, in the Bucks pacers game. That's great. We love it. You got to keep us informed. It's tough to have our eyes, especially when there's like a bunch of games going on on every game. And then somebody pointed out on Twitter. And I missed it the first time. I don't know about you guys it, when you saw the video on our Twitter account or maybe in Slack. Someone's like, somebody yells block wedgie. And I think it's Miles Turner. And I was like, what? So I played the clip again. And oh my God, listen to Miles Turner here after this Chris Duarte wedgie block. Block wedgie. Hell yeah. I'm pretty sure he said I need to hear that again, JD. Okay, I again. wasn't buying it. Let's do it again. Block wedgie. 
Oh. No way. No, no, no. He says, good block, boy. No. Hell yeah. Oh, I think he says wedgie for sure. One more time. Wow, I, I hear wedgie. You don't hear wedgie? Mm. Oh, man, I wish I did. Oh, yes, come on. <laughs> you guys are hearing it? I can't buy I can't. Here's what he actually said. Yeah. Let's just go with it. This is oh, a okay. player saying block uh, wedgie. Hell I, yeah, boy. It does you, sound that, like it. <laughs> that guy throws up a shot. It gets blocked. And we're led to believe the guy the guy who leads the league in blocks yells out, hey, block wedgie. Uh, can I, I want to believe it, I, but I don't want to lie. Can we just get it one more time, oh, JD? Just hey, block Sure. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Why worry about it, Tess? Just go I'm not with worried it. about it. Wow. Good. Okay, we Beautiful. got to, everybody tweet at Miles Turner right now. Ask him if he called out Block Legend last night. Just go do it. Uh, he'll give us an answer, I think. Okay, anyway, great block for Duarte. Up to 15. Again, our third of the week, I believe. Uh, so we're getting on pace a little higher, closer to that 50 mark. Uh, 47 is WedgieTracker.com. Wow, let's get to the game, though. Pure insanity at the end of a few of these. Pell's Thunder, okay. Following SG, oh, you know what? I forgot, JD. I'm so excited. I forgot we're doing a segment here. Yeah, let's play What You Got. What you got? What you got? My apologies, JD. I'm also running on like three hours of sleep because we had a marathon of a Survivor episode. Then all this stuff was going on in the NBA. I was up late. Then I was up at the crack of dawn to catch up on the late games in the NBA. So uh, that was my bad here. But, You're running on champagne and pizza, that's brother. Right, that's right. Can I get another slice in here, please? Yeah, can I get another <laughs> glass of champagne? Um, so, pure insanity at the end of the Pelicans-Thunder game. Following SGA's wild three with about 1.4 seconds remaining. And we're showing it to you here on the stream team because you got to see these to believe them. So, SGA thinks he's going to get fouled. He chucks it up. Okay, it goes. Oh, my God. Tie game. Swish. But there's a little bit of time left. And Devontae Graham is going to take the inbounds pass. And launch it, guys, from, I guess officially they're calling it 61 feet. Mm-hmm. Boom. It banks in. The Hail Mary is answered, and the Pelicans win 113-110. Okay. Crazy. Meanwhile, in Dallas, we had Lakers rookie Austin Reeves lacing the biggest shot of his life, for sure, off a of Westbrook pass. He splashes in the game-winning three with about a second to go in overtime. He had a bunch of three-pointers in this game. And the Lakers survive and beat the Mavericks 107-104. So here you go. The question. Crazier ending. Pelicans Thunder or Lakers Mavs? And I only showed you the Austin Reeves shot, but there was a lot of other things going on in that game as well. Have at it. What's your answer there, Trey? Well, you touched on it earlier, Skeets. The craziest ending of the night was Jeff Probst pushing pizza there in Fiji. <laughs> that man had to get rid of those stew slices. Uh, tune into No Buffs today, 1 p.m. Eastern. Craziest NBA ending, easily Pelicans versus Thunder. Got a few things going for it. Not just one, but two crazy shots. The SGA game-tying three where he's trying to draw the foul reminded me of the Tim Duncan shot before Derek Fisher's tip in the 2004 playoffs. Tim Duncan hits like this insane fall away against Shaq that's kind of been lost to history because of what happened right after it. Just the same way uh, uh, Devontae Graham is going to overshadow SGA's shot. According to Second Spectrum, Shea Gilgis-Alexander's shot had a minuscule 14.1% chance of going in. That 
trumps Devontae Graham's shot, which had a 3.5% chance. You math it up. The combined chance for both of those shots going in is 0.5%. According to ESPN Stats and Info, this is the first game in 25 years to feature multiple game-tying or go-ahead shots from 30-plus feet. So even just the SGA shot, if that were to force overtime, I think that one's pretty crazy. But then, of course, you've got the Devontae Graham game-winning shot as well. According to ESPN, the longest game-winning buzzer beater in the past 25 years. It's the longest shot in the league this year. The first make from 60-plus feet. Only one of two from 50-plus feet. One of 10 from 40-plus. I went deep in the trivia here. Since 2000, how many 60-footers do you think there have been in the NBA? 21 years. It's a lot of games. 21 seasons. Uh, 15. Uh, 46. 46 times. Wow. A 60-footer. So twice a season, basically. Here's some more trivia. Since 2000, five players have hit multiple 60-footers. Who are they? Since 2000, multiple players have hit. One guy played in almost every season. Since from the two thousands, the other one, Vince. There you go, Vince Carter. Uh, we had a guy who was born in the nineteen sixties who played on the Cavs in a trivia question recently. <laughs> oh God, which one? Uh, this guy, you uh, know, Le- his Le- long Le- shots. I would say Lamont Murray. Uh, close enough. Uh, Andre you Miller. You know his long shots. Andre, <laughs> Andre Miller. Miller. Uh, Andre, Andre Miller, Miller hitting yeah, some yeah. long ones for he's sure. He's the best. Yeah. Ali Ooper. It makes sense that he's the best long mm. bomber. Put That's right. right Three more. Another one had their jersey retired this week. Zach Randolph. Oh, Zach Randolph, 260-plus footers. Wow. Uh, we've got one of the biggest beefers in the game. A current player would not imagine this guy to have multiple 60-footers. Might be his only three-pointers of his career. I have Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. Drummond. Good yeah. guess. And the wow. last one, uh, a player I'm going to reference later with regards to Luka Doncic and Rick Carlisle falling out at the end of their tenure there. This player wow. is no longer in the NBA, but will be participating in a professional sporting event against another professional sporting Darren Williams? Darren Williams! (laughs) Wow. Vince, Andre Drummond, Andre Miller, Zach Randolph, Darren Williams hit multiple 60-footers. So we'll see if Devontae Graham can bang another one in. But seeing both of those shots last night, SGA first, that would have been a crazy shot if that was it. Uh, But then followed up, no timeout. They called the play Vegas because you're just pushing all your chips in and hoping you get lucky. The Pelicans did last night. What an incredible shot. 61 feet with the bank. Wow. Yeah, Lee, okay. What, what do you think? Can you make a case for Lakers-Mavs and how wild it was, like the final 120 or so, even to get to overtime, uh, what happened in the end of regulation? Or is it is it pretty obvious it has to be a 61-footer that Bank did? <laughs> well, let's go with Austin Reeves because it's Austin Reeves. Go. And I think, he actually, I think he actually got fouled on the play, so it should have been a four-point play. Uh, but that did culminate in just a crazy ending there because Russell Westbrook hit a three. Tim Hardaway Jr. hit a three. But this game shouldn't have even gone to overtime in the first place yeah. because with the Lakers down by three at the end of regulation, the Mavericks' two players had their hands on a ball <laughs> on a missed shot. Somehow, though, it found Wayne Ellington in the corner who hit a three to just put the game into overtime. So this one was full of all sorts of crazy stuff. Austin Reeves only took six shots last night. He made five of them. They were all threes. He had a wild celebration with his teammates. Of course he would after that game there in the locker room. Um, the fact that LeBron was on the court, Anthony Davis was on the court, Russell Westbrook was on the court, 
but it was Austin Reeves who hit the shot. I'll say, sure, that's the most unlikely thing to happen because uh, you just didn't expect it. But great ball movement by the Lakers, something that you just don't see usually in those sort of game-ending scenarios. Usually it's one guy, it's like LeBron. It's like, I'm LeBron. I get to do what I want. Instead, he passed it. Russell Westbrook made a great play to go into the lane there to make the pass out. I'm not sure if he was aware Austin Reeves was there, but he was like, you're getting the ball now, Austin. Knock it in. And he did. So uh, well done, Austin Reeves. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I, I too, Lee, I didn't know if Russ had a plan going into the lane there, but he sure did. He was waiting for Austin Reeves because our, our friend Wes Goldberg at The Athletic pointed out that if you look at Russ's eyes, he was waiting for Austin Reeves to come swing up top. And it sort of up, makes yeah. sense because Westbrook was wide open. He could have easily hit that shot. And I thought, well, he doesn't have a plan because he just kind of stands there, doesn't take the open shot. And yeah, Johnson to the lane there. Are you are you going to make a play here? And then Austin Reeves, yeah, curls up to the top along the arc. He finds him, and yeah, Russ had a plan, and the plan worked. And I wanted to point out as well about the the Pelicans and Devontae Graham taking the inbounds pass. They also had a plan because as soon as Shea Gilgis Alexander's shot goes down, it, it looks like someone else could take out the ball and pass it to Josh Hart as an inbound. But the Pelicans ran that play. They ran Vegas, and they said, mm-hmm. uh-uh. Josh Hart, you go inbound that thing. Devontae Graham, I'm the 60-foot assassin. And uh, a great loss. A great loss for the Thunder. It works out great for them. They show that they can play. It's a close game. They're tied in the standings with the Pelicans going into this game. And now the Pelicans have one more win than them. So it's a good loss because they dropped down the standings. They've lost by 73 points this season. If only the shot was from 73 feet, I think that would have been fitting. (laughs) (laughs) Thunder jokes. Yeah. Wild, wild shots here. Yeah, the SGA one, of course, Devontae Graham, like on the run, banking it in from 60 plus. And then all those shots, like you said, Lee, in, in the Lakers Mavericks team. Uh, Maxi Kleber uh, <laughs> hit one off the glass, too. Yeah, the bank was straight open away. Bank. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. goodness. Uh, so, the stream team chiming in with their what you got answers, which was the wilder ending between the uh, Pelicans Thunder game and the Lakers Mavericks game. Um, yeah, this Austin Reeves story is pretty fun, too, here. This. Uh, you know, undrafted guy coming out of what Oklahoma, I guess it is. What's his? What are the? What are the nicknames they got for this guy already, Trey? Any? They called that sti- uh, LeBron called him AR15 last night. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, we had an AK47 once yeah. upon yeah. a time, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Fair enough. I am curious though about uh, Devonte Graham and the Pelicans talking about. We run this play in practice. <laughs> yeah. What's he shoot from practice? Sixty feet. <laughs> Is he like 50%? That would be super impressive. (laughs) Is he 30%? That would be super impressive. Has he made it once? I would love to know. Or do they just do it? Do they just run it? Like, I mean, that's not much of a play to say, we run this play. You run (laughs) sideways, I pass it in, and you chuck it up. Yeah, I think when they say run this play, there's there's three, like, options on the play, I think is really what they mean. It's the guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually four, because there's four guys standing on the court, if you think about it. Yeah, true, true. I guess the other guy, the fourth guy, has nothing to do out there. He's the shot maker, man. He's the guy. He's the guy. I I guess it's, hey, you you don't inbound it because you hit it 15% in practice or 20%. (laughs) Yeah. Probably pretty freaking good. Yeah. Uh, other nicknames I'm seeing here in the stream team, and I had seen these come uh, across uh, Twitter, I guess it was. 
they were calling they were yelling light skin at him in the locker room mm. when celebrating with uh, Austin Reeves and then my favorite is hillbilly Kobe <laughs> <laughs> that's the best one that's my part of the best one uh, I mean if we have if we have Gary Bird and then hillbilly Kobe in this league we're good hands uh, they, they've got to remake that converse ad between Magic and Larry uh, and <laughs> with Gary Matthews and Austin Reeves uh, insane stuff if you didn't watch uh. those games you know, look, we're not even going to be upset with you. So, like, how many people are even watching the Pelicans Thunder game last night? But seek out, obviously, the ending here, the crazy shot. And then do the same with the uh, Lakers Mavericks game if you weren't watching that one on ESPN. Okay, let's keep it going. Uh, sort of lost, I guess, maybe in the uh, crazy game winners from last night. We had two spectacular individual performances in different games. Anthony Edwards became the youngest player in NBA history. Yes, NBA history with 10 made threes in a game. And then Gordon Hayward had the highest field goal percentage, 79%, in a 40-point game in Hornets history. Yeah, he had a 40-point game and shot nearly 80% from the floor. Both came in wins. So, Tass, better performance, better individual performance last night. Is it Ant or Commissioner Gordon? What you got? (laughs) I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards because I think, as we've talked about him here in his second year, we've all been a, a tiny bit disappointed with his growth, especially the Wolves' growth. And I think something's kind of flying under the radar with him throughout the season in this game he had 38 10 threes which is a season high for any player in the nba and that really makes you think why the heck did we expect steph curry to bang home 16 threes <laughs> last week against the magic i mean they were talking about it the, yeah. the warriors locker room was talking about it so i yeah we're all just dumb i think is what it comes down to we all just expect the guy to just bang home shots but anthony edwards 10 threes season high i want to mention that because it kind of flies under the radar that he he has grown in terms of his efficiency, last year uh, when he was battling LaMelo Ball for Rookie of the Year, we all said he's got to be more efficient. He's got to be more efficient. Now all the headlines are, ah, the Wolves just stink, and Edwards has been disappointing. Well, he's, he's shooting more. He's shooting the ball at a decent clip uh, at, from the three-point line. It's, you know, it's about league average, and that's fine. Now that duo hasn't worked between Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, but maybe it's just trivia Thursday here yeah. on No Dunks, but I want to mention Anthony Edwards. He is still young, so maybe we should be given this time. He's 20 years old. Yeah, he hasn't taken over the team yet, but he is balling in a way that few players do. He's reached 2,000 points here, mm-hmm. just the seventh player at 20 or younger to reach that mark in their first 100 games. So six other guys 20 or oh, younger yeah. to reach 2,000 points. Six guys 20 or younger to get 2,000 points who are they? It's got to be LeBron and Melo, yeah. Both are on there, yep. How Kobe. about his teammate, Carl Anthony not, Towns? Not Kobe, not Carl Anthony uh, Towns. Luca. Luca is one of them. There's three oh, more. Durant. Got, Durant is right. Melo, Luca, Durant, and LeBron. We've got two more. One you should know, and one surprise. Zion? Zion is right. Yeah. Wow. Zion is right. He, he has been phenomenal. The other one, under 20, 2,000 points, you just wouldn't think of a him as under 20 still plays though yes yes he still plays him as under 20 interesting (laughs) yeah because he played because he played one year in college uh and then he just must have just came out and balled oh oh, does he does he still play Tass? yeah i wasn't gonna give you that good call call. yeah Yeah, it's kind of surprising that is crazy yeah yeah and so i think we should give it a little bit more time with with him and, and and Carl Anthony Towns, because they haven't figured out that one-two thing. But going to Gordon Hayward, what's interesting with him, he signed last year as to be sort of the number one guy with Charlotte. Then yep. LaMelo Ball comes in. LaMelo Ball has clearly taken over the number one role, and Gordon Hayward has you know, just kind of 
developed into that secondary guy and been fine with it. He's flown under the radar this season, even though he signed that huge contract last year. Now he has a 41-point night, and they're doing really well with LaMelo Ball currently out uh, because of health and safety protocols. So they, they are doing very well. That is sort of understandable. Hayward, old dude, uh, understanding his role. Uh, yeah, but the Edwards uh, Towns thing has not been... Has not been that great, uh, so I think we should give it a little more time. Ten threes is a, it's a monster number, even it's though huge. we expect guys to hit twenty threes a game. Yeah, these days. you surprised me there, saying nobody had hit ten threes yeah. in a game this season yet. But I guess yeah, that's that's uh, pretty amazing. Okay, Lee, what you got though here between Ants ten threes, the thirty eight points, or Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, going for forty plus, shooting nearly eighty percent. Uh, kind of identical in a way that they both teams just started out on fire against their opponents and they just didn't cool off at all. Uh, and that was a very important win there for the Wolves. I- I'll go with Anthony Edwards because I just uh, I didn't think he had 10 in him. But then another stat here, which was uh, which was going around, he uh, the only other player in NBA history with more three-pointers in his first 100 games. Anyone want to guess? Oh, nice. <laughs> Lowry Markkinen. No, this guy uh, actually is having a bit of an off-season, although he did sign a big deal last summer. Davis Bertans. No, 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 no. Uh, not your guy, not your MVP off. pick. No, not my MVP pick. No, no, no. This guy, um, yeah, he's just a three-point shooter. That's all he does, and he's got oh. a beautiful stroke. Duncan Robinson. Duncan <sighs> Robinson, Nice yeah. one. So, uh, nice one. Yes. So, so in, in that sense, I mean, Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's the first thing you think about him when you watch him is that he's just going to go out there and light you up for 10. But he is so confident in himself. He's got that little dribble, dribble, dribble. You know he's going for the step back. You know it's coming. He believes in himself. And he uh, knocks him down pretty well. So I'll go with him because it's great to see a young player. And it's great to see the Wolves hopefully. I mean, they, I know we talk about them a lot. <laughs> They win a few, they lose a few, they win a few, they lose a few. A big, impressive victory. I know Denver is undermanned, but Jokic played. And really, this was a wire-to-wire, comfortable win here for the for the Wolves, an important one for them. So I'll take Edwards. Gordon Hayward, great. Yeah, all those stats, all those numbers, but uh, I just think the 10 threes <laughs> surpasses what someone else does on the yeah, court. You know, because no, 10, 10 threes, ten threes are, is awesome. Yeah, Gordon yeah. Hayward, like, we've barely talked about him at all this season. To the point where I had to... Like double check, triple check that he hadn't missed like a month of the season. Right, he played in every no. game. He's played like yeah. thirty games. I was like, oh yeah, we really just talk about Lamelo Ball and and then Miles Bridges and sort of like the level that he went to. And here's here's just old reliable Gordon. You know, eighteen points, <laughs> uh, whatever, four boards. You know, decent yeah. shooting percentages. He's probably at forty-seven and forty or whatever. He's decent at the line. Uh, but then he pops off for this game. And I we. Like, I bring that up because, Trey, we were talking about Gordon Hayward last year a lot more because he was like, there was a stretch there where we were like, well, is he going to make the all-star team? Like, <laughs> Good old know, days. And then, and then injuries did hit them and the Hornets fell off a little bit. But, okay, what you got, though, with this one, Anthony Edwards or Gordon Hayward? Well, I mean, I'm more impressed with Anthony Edwards, but I feel like it's time to talk about Gordon Hayward. Here's a new nickname for him. Good Gord. <laughs> Gordon Hayward's just good, right? Like, he's just going to yeah. go out there, shoot good yes. percentages, hit from threes, like Lee's saying. It's more exciting to see a guy hit 10 threes than 10 pump fake jumpers from 12 feet. But that's kind of what it was for Gordon Hayward. We talked all the time last year, Skeets. Gordon Hayward's best move is driving into the lane and stopping while everybody mm. keeps going. Yep. He kept doing it last night, and it kept working. That's the cool thing about the Hornets. They seem to have a bunch of players who could go for 40 points. It was Gordon Hayward last night, but we've seen LaMelo get close. We've seen Kelly Oubre get close. P.J. Washington had a 40-point game last year. Miles Bridges had been close. 
They play a fast brand of basketball. There's going to be shots to take. Gordon Hayward was on fire last night. 41 points in three quarters, uh, and he only took 19 shots. 15 yeah. of 19, that's super impressive. Good Gord. Good Gord. <laughs> Good Gord. Uh, I just yeah, checked. Just... Gordon Hayward hadn't even had a 30-point game this season. Wow. He had 27, I think it was, on opening night, and that was like his best scoring performance until last night, Tess. Yeah. He ain't great, Gord. He's, He's good, good, Gord. Gord. Good, Gord. good, Gord. All right. Let's talk dunks. JD, I think you got some clips for everybody here in the stream team. I know this one guy that's always saying, talk about Trey Mann. Talk about Trey Mann. Talk about Trey Mann. All right, here's Trey Mann. Uh, because I want to get your guys' opinion on the dunk of the night. We had Trey Mann go baseline bang. Really nice hops here. Flex, too. Yep. Good stuff there. Okay, that's one. Brandon Ingram, same game. You know, down the lane on some bodies here. Sort of splits them a little bit there. But he hammers that one home. And then the dunk, I feel it's going to maybe get most of the votes here. Uh, Isaac Okoro with Tass Mellis' Cleveland Cavaliers catches three bodies. <laughs> yes. He dunks on three rockets. And I don't think I'm really exaggerating that. And he flexes hard. <laughs> rockets just bounce off him. He's playing really well for Cleveland over the last couple of games. Uh, really scoring the ball. So... Biggest dunk, again, question for the stream team, for the pod squad listening later. Trey Mann, Brandon Ingram, or Okoro Lee, what you got? It has to be Okoro because he does legit catch three bodies there and they go sprawling afterwards and he stands there. It's almost like in, a, in an 80s movie where like a guy just beats up like three villains and he's totally. just standing around looking at the bodies there. <laughs> he's looking at the, you know, the Exactly, the deceased. yeah. And it's a double-handed off that one-legged oh. jump as well. Look at that. I mean, that could also be a foul maybe as well. So he just absolutely hammers it on the rockets there. I mean, Trey Manns is nice. He just definitely gets a body. But Brandon Ingram, you said it there, Ski. He kind of doesn't. He sort of splits those two bodies. Yeah. So I just don't think that quite had the same impact. But Okoro's standing there like, oh, my God, I just took some bodies and threw them on the ground here. This is awesome. For me, pretty clearly it's that one. Okay. Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I'm 100% on Okoro here. Like you said, he's been playing pretty well, driving to the lane hard, and he just crushed it on those guys. I love the picture that the Cavs posted on Twitter last night. You can't even see Isaac Okoro yeah, in this right. dunk. This looks like a picture of the Rockets playing defense until you realize, oh, wait, two of those arms are dunking a basketball. <laughs> what a crazy poster. The way they fall down. <laughs> Lee's right. It is like an 80s movie, but I was thinking about that time. <laughs> we filmed a, a thing with Kristen Ledlow where we all had to do like a triple flop in the background while she was mm. talking. <laughs> couldn't find the clip but very similar to that if you can pull yeah. it up uh but yeah the aftermath was incredible i can't believe shangun stayed on his feet actually <laughs> uh tass are you going to coro as well got to mister yeah that, that's an incredible poster right there uh, the poster without the dunker essentially you're you're seeing a poster with the guy's like forehead and hair basically because he's being blocked he dunked on so many guys they fell to the floor and you know when a guy dunks on a guy he looks at him as soon as Isaac Okoro dismounted, he had to look around like, yeah. who do I pick <laughs> yeah. to stare down? Who am I going to trash? The I got one, Where two, so many bodies. Yeah, everybody kind of bounced off each other, as Trey said. I think that kind of hurt the block chances because oh. it looked like Shangun <laughs> kind of took out uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. there. Uh, great stuff. I guess the pass of all these three, got to go to Josh Giddy with that beauty backdoor to Trey yep. Mann on that hammer. Uh, that was a sweet, sweet pass. But Isaac Okoro, man, that is, that's a memorable one right there. Yeah, huge. And again, he is playing really, really well here 
for the Cavaliers. Uh, if you go check his box score, he's had seven field goals made in his last four games, and he's averaging, you know, like 19 points per game in those last four. So really contributing offensively. You know, you think of him more like coming in this league as a young guy. He's pretty solid on the defensive end, and he's showing that promise on the other end as well. And that was huge. And it could have only been better... You're right. If Shengun hits the floor, because then all three go down, like he's right. like he's the bowling ball, and he somehow took them all down, all three pins, and then does then did like the uh, like Steph Curry's done the one, two, three, like on a big three. <laughs> if he had done like the count to three on the three bodies, like all sprawled out, that would have been oh, amazing. He, he could have done the David Brent, like you know. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> three to uh, the head. I guess that's a tough spot to be in if you're in a coro. Like you just go in for a huge dunk. You're not thinking three-point celebration, right? No. That's nah. tough to switch gears like that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, sticking with the Cavs here, we'll uh, work them into the final one. The Rockets, um, excuse me, the Cavaliers, won their fifth straight over the Houston Rockets, as we showed you on that dunk there from Okoro. They punked them, 124-89. Cleveland's first five-game winning streak since the spring of 2018 when LeBron was on the roster. Meanwhile, Donovan Mitchell, he played... Ah, nearly a perfect second half to keep Utah's winning streak alive. Jazz beat the Clippers 124-103 for their eighth consecutive win. So the question is, Lee, more surprising win streak here. Cavs at five or Jazz now up to eight? What you got? Well, it's the Cavs as a surprising win streak because regular season Utah Jazz are a great team. Last year they had two nine-game winning streaks and an 11-game winning streak, and uh, we expect this from them. But the Cavs have been such a fun story this season because they started off like last season, winning games, playing great basketball, but they've now really been able to continue that and make you believe that this team... Honestly, if they don't make the playoffs from here, I think that will be an absolute disaster for them because they've got legit talent, they've got depth, and they're really playing well together. So, you know, will they keep up this pace? Unlikely, but uh, certainly they're uh, not just a a mirage at this point. I think there is some real belief that this team is uh, playing at their capabilities right now. So I I think it's the Cavs. I will say this about the Jazz, because I don't want any angry Jazz fans. They always say, oh, you always disrespect us. I think, looking at their schedule this morning, they can beat the Suns' record of 18 wins in a row this whoa, season. So they've got uh, – is it eight right now, I believe? I think they yep. can get up to 19 or so. So they've got some winnable games <laughs> in there. You know, we know anything can happen, of course, in the NBA, but it's not until they get to the Warriors where I think that's where uh, they could really face their uh, first real test. They should beat all the other teams. So there you go, Jazz. Hope you see that as respect. I think you can <laughs> – I think you can surpass the Phoenix Suns' 18 consecutive wins this season. Wow. Lee Ellis, uh, stamp of approval, hopefully. From jazz fans, uh, Tass, Cavs at five or, or Jazz at eight? What is more surprising to you? <laughs> I'm a Cavs man. You know, I I've talked about them over and over yeah. and over and over and over and over again. And uh, am I surprised? I listen. I picked them as my surprise playoff team before the season, but it's still surprising how they've come together and how they're all developing sort of at once. I thought this team was a, a good bunch of players that could be sort of buoyed up the standings, could be helped by a Ricky Rubio veteranship. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the, these young guys coming into their second or third or fourth years are just extremely solid. And I'm talking about Jared Allen and Lowry Markinen and Isaac Okoro, who's benefited from the Colin Sexton injury, who was playing all right when he was there. Uh, and and then uh, I mean, you get great performances from... Kevin Love, who's grown. I mean, it's it's shocking how they've all come together. So I think that's the the biggest surprise. 
that they're all just you know we're, we're arguing over whether they, who could be the all-star yeah. if it's Darius Garland or Evan Mobley he, they could have the rookie of the year obviously and, and Evan Mobley uh, just so many stories they've got great defensive players and I think for talking awards at this point it's JB Bickerstaff's coach of the year award to lose yeah. with, with what he's done even though you know there's some obviously great nominees elsewhere yeah Trey uh more surprising is it the Cavs at five or is it, is it the Jazz quietly going about their business up to eight and Lee says it's going to get to 19. No surprises, actually, Skeets. Tass is telling us how great the Cavs are it's when true. they get their wins, so I'm not surprised to see them doing well, and they beat a team that they should beat. Meanwhile, the Jazz have had a 10-plus game winning streak in three of the last four seasons, so it's almost surprising if they don't get to 10 games, mm. which I think they're going to get to exactly 10 games, and then it's over. I'm with Caleb Seidler here. The win streak ends on December 20th for the Jazz. They've got the Hornets. It's the third game in four nights, and the Hornets play a weird style of basketball. That game will be 145 to 142 for the Hornets. Okay. Ten-game win streak, and then it's over. Sorry, Utah Jazz fans. I would say what is surprising is at this point of the season, you know, 30-ish games in, that the Cavs have a better defense than the Utah Jazz. You wouldn't have been predicting that. They have the second-best defense in the league. Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Uh, Jazz are still great. I think they're fifth. But that is insane, and that's why they're having these monster blowout victories. And Rubio was up to some magic there last night, Tess. I'm sure you saw the uh, sort of steal at the end. Was that the end of the first quarter, if I remember correctly? Um, and then the little whoop behind the back pass. Pretty tricky, pretty tricky, Ricky is what I was trying to say. Pretty tricky, Ricky. There it is. Uh, I would say this Cleveland Cavaliers team has more defensive highlights than offensive highlights. When you you look at, uh, I, I I loved an Isaac Okoro poking the ball from Zach Levine a few weeks ago when when they were uh, he was defending him way out. You know, we've had Evan Mobley guarding guys in the perimeter, yep. Jared Allen. I think they've had more defensive highlights, which is rare for mm. a team. Uh, and let me. Let me throw another surprise in here because mm-hmm. we saw mm-hmm. Trey Kirby's haircut off the top. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that Trey has had this haircut before. Really, I mean, it's a similar haircut. <laughs> I'm going back oh uh, a few God, years. You look here. like somebody there to me. Yeah, I t- I'm show- showing you on the stream team here. This is Trey live in Toronto. Uh, this, is, this is different, man. This was uh, this yeah, was right. one year oh, of man. growth at that point. Um, but you're right. I can't yeah. train. Train is. You're in the, you're in the middle. You're in the middle here of growth. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, stream team, help me out. It's driving me nuts. You look like a um, yeah, like an up. actor. Uh, I well, like, want to say from like a Will Ferrell sort of movie, but I, I don't I mean, know. That's, if that's a right. that's a John C. Riley wig if I've ever seen I, one. Yeah, um, maybe that's. I don't what know I'm about thinking. the face. Uh, there's also uh, what's this guy's name? Mark David Booth or something like that. I don't know if that's exactly his name. Uh, but he looked a lot like I look, and that's like the one actor that people always bring up. I'm like, come on, man, this guy? Why you got to give me John Booth or whatever this fellow's name is? <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up. Not, yeah, he's not a Mark David Booth. John Wilkes Booth? No, no, oh, no. Oh, wow. What is that? No, no not Mark John Wilkes Booth. David Boone? <laughs> Mark David, David Boone. Boone. Mark David Boone oh. Jr. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Lee, Lee, you know who that is? Oh, well, I know who David Boone is. He's a uh, legendary Australian cricketer. Oh. He was known as the Keg on Legs. He drank 52 cans from uh, <laughs> Melbourne Steve to London. Rule. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, uh, no, uh, John- oh, yeah. Okay. I think you're spelling it wrong here, Yusuf, but John Favreau? Uh, I, John, uh, Favreau. Do you see it at all? 
Yeah, I don't, I've never seen him with a beard, has he? Uh, oh, no. I, you know, Maybe. There's, but there's a vibe there. There's a vibe. There's a vibe. Yeah. vibe. I don't mind I don't this, know. actually. David Costabile, you would know him as. <laughs> what's that? that? He's, uh, he was in Breaking Bad. He's in Billions as well. Mm. He's got a curly okay. hair. Okay. All right. Sorry, JD, I didn't put this on a purple background. That's my fault. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was desperate. I was desperately looking for that Kristen Ledlow that clip. clip that Trey was talking about, where we all come together and fall down. It is, there, it is there. It is there it's somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Why? Also, why did you guys do that again? Because there was a rare, was, like triple flop yeah. in an NBA I, game or something. something like I think it yeah. was Demarcus Cousins and James Harden both flopped each other. I believe. Mm. Yeah, they sort of they ran into each, each other. other. Off. Yeah, they, they flopped each other off and nothing was called. So they were lying on the ground, both complaining that the other one flopped. But, you know, they both flopped and just... It was just one of those dumb things that happened. So right. I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll look during the uh, first commercial break here, see if we can find this classic clip <laughs> of three men uh, doing their best Three Stooges material behind Kristen Ledlow uh, at the NBA TV Network. Uh, we'll see if we can find it, but we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back with No Dunks on a fine Thursday. Let's do a little Is This News. Yep, Is This News. Segment where I give you guys some NBA headlines and you tell me whether or not they're actually newsworthy. Our first one, by way of ESPN, you ever heard of it? Luca hated how Rick treated other people. How Dallas's coach superstar relationship fell apart. Yeah, this was a a big article here 
from the worldwide leader there. Trey, is this news? Luke and Rick not liking each other. I guess it's a little bit of news and the fact that we're getting some details on what went down at the end of Rick Carlisle's tenure in Dallas. I mean, we kind of knew that they didn't get along, but now we're getting a few more details. Not huge news, though. A few takeaways, though. Number one, being easy to work with, that is a skill. A lot of what's in this article seems to me Rick Carlisle kind of being set in his ways, wanting to do things his way. The guy is a longtime NBA vet who has an NBA title as a player. He's a longtime NBA coach with an NBA title as a coach. So he earned the right to call the shots, especially in Dallas, until the called shots weren't working quite as well. And somebody else joined the organization with just as much clout as Rick Carlisle. This, like I was saying earlier, kind of reminds me of the end of Jerry Sloan's tenure in Utah when him and Darren Williams kind of got into some beefs about exactly how the team should be ran in the current generation. Transitioning between eras just seems tough to me. You know, like Jerry Sloan had great success there with Malone and Stockton, had great success with the Jazz then. And then Darren Williams just kind of started chafing a little bit, and eventually a change was made. Number two takeaway in this is that players should not be in charge of personnel because very funny to me that this was all over Dennis Smith Jr. A lot of beefs because Luca wanted Dennis Smith Jr. to be playing more. I think Rick Carlisle was right about that one. DSJ's kind of bounced around the league ever since the Porzingis trade, which brings me to number three. Players over coaches is usually how this thing goes. Rick Carlisle, an excellent coach. Not the first time we've heard that he can be tough to work with and franchises want to keep their franchise players happy. Darren Williams in Utah. We're going to see it in this HBO show about Magic Johnson and Paul Westhead. It's been happening forever. I love a juicy post-mortem on an era. This one, just another in the chapter. Another chapter in a book about that kind of stuff. Always great to hear, always spicy, but is it news? Uh, A little bit, but not really. What do you think, Lily? You had a chance to read Tim McMahon's article there on ESPN? Yes, I did. And uh, Dennis Smith Jr. himself actually tweeted about it saying, uh, this article about my time there is spot on, and that's coming from staff members and players. Y'all don't even know the half, so maybe we're going to get some more out of that. But yes, this was sort of uh, out there. We knew that, that Rick Carlisle at times, you know, wasn't the most loved uh, coach in the in the uh, in the locker room there, and I think you know he was there at a time they won the championship, different era, different group of players, and then the younger, newer players came along, and he wasn't able to sort of communicate with them. He seems the sort of guy, actually, I would think, who would really try to be on Luca's side and build a great relationship with him because he's clearly the star, and he would want to focus everything through him. But Luca obviously saw maybe Rick playing favorites with him or with other people. And he just didn't appreciate the way that he treated those others. And that that sort of upset Luca a bit. So, you know, at the end, 13 years is an incredibly long time for a coach at an organization. They had some success. But in the end, I think a change was needed. And what we've seen, Tim Cato, of course, had a great article out last season about the sort of chaos and the dysfunction within the organization there in Dallas. And I think this is just more a reflection of that as well. That it was like, it was a pretty crazy environment. There's a lot of uh, power struggles going on. A lot of people trying to be the one who makes the final decision. And uh, ultimately, you know, you've got to side, I think, with the player in this case and say, listen, if Luca's not happy, we can't afford him to go. We've got to make sure he stays. And so that's uh, that's the decision that Mark Cuban's made at the end. But, you know, Rick Carlisle does seem to be a, a sort of guy I, I know from uh, other people I know within the Mavericks organization has said the same thing, that he's a bit of a jerk at times. And, uh, and this article kind of uh, surmises that. Tass, uh, any other takeaways? Okay. Listen, I'm... Uh... 
a social media user, I love these tasty headlines. I get really excited. But is there really any news in this? I, I think Trey, what Trey went through was was great. Like, yes, maybe uh, Rick Carlisle is sort of old school. And I think that's what this article says. I mean, he just kind of comes down on guys. I will say, though, his relationship with Luca specifically uh, he gave Luca the reins, mm-hmm. and uh, and that shows a little bit of growth. If I'm calling him in one breath an old school guy, Rick Carlisle uh, butted heads with Rajon Rondo um, very infamously. Uh, he he was able to give Jason Kidd the reins there when he was with Dallas, but he had he butted heads with some point guards. But he said to Luca, "Hands off, like go do it." And and so maybe yeah, his um, his. his temperament with Salah Mezri and other guys wasn't uh, to Luca's liking. Uh, but yeah, I, I think also Luca also admitted in this article that he's made mistakes. Number one, you know, maybe conditioning a little bit of mistakes, but also uh, Luca dropping some life advice for himself and for others when he said, quote, in this article, the more you talk, the better. Talking solves things. So I think it's a good idea. Uh, so, you know, I think he's admitting a little bit that yeah, maybe I wasn't uh, yeah, all that upfront with whoever it is, Rick, maybe Bob Vulgaris is, as we go back to the athletic article. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that this, uh, not too many nuggets, but it's nice, nice, listen, as a, as, a, as a basketball fan to get in there and hear these juicy tidbits. And maybe we get more from, as Dan Smith Jr. says, but we're getting these pretty quick these days, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you, before we'd get a book from Jack McCallum or something like five years later, six, seven years later. Now we're getting it like months later and it's tasty. Mm, very, very tasty. Uh, okay, you guys seem to uh, enjoy the article and I think uh, from the stream team comments, those that read it did as well because everybody loves that spice, don't they? <laughs> For sure. All right. Uh, our next one, probably not as spicy. In fact, uh, spicy. I bet this man has never had spicy food. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Blandy. Yeah, from The Athletic, uh, a great website. You should go to theathletic.com slash nodunks and get yourself a subscription so you can read headlines like these because the Jazz hired Danny Ainge as alternate governor and CEO of basketball operations. Yes, Danny Ainge, the former Celtics executive. I think he was with the Celtics like 18 years or something like that. He is teaming up in Utah and joining this team uh, with a couple interesting titles here, Tass. But uh, is this news? Governor, alternate <laughs> governor. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think, yeah, what alternate governor? Um, I think it's really Ryan Smith who uh, yep. is is you know sort of newly the owner of the Utah Jazz, bringing in a friend, uh, a very good friend, as, as as he said, and another intelligent mind, just into the front office. I don't think this is Danny Ainge just taking over. And, and being the head guy. I think he's more of an advisor. And I think if you really look, look into this article, I think that's the vibe you get. Because, yeah, if you just look at the headline, oh, Danny Ainge, going from Boston, Utah, lead decision maker. But I think he's taking a different tack mm. uh, with this transition. Uh, as he says, he says, quote, if you're in the league, everyone knows to call Justin Zanuck right now, their GM. I right. think that's pretty clear. I think when it comes to decision making, we're in a culture that doesn't really work that way. One person sort of making the calls. So he's understanding things. If a decision gets to where it's so tough that we don't have unanimous or at least the majority decision when it comes to me, I don't anticipate a lot of that. So I think he's you know just sort of going to be a part of uh, the front office. And I think Ryan Smith just reeled him in and said, we want you to be here. Let's let's go back to your Utah days. He played basketball in B- at BYU, I guess. Um, I'm not that old. Uh, but uh, I-, I think 
it's it's even further uh, exemplified that his lack of knowledge of the organization is pretty clear. Like Danny Ainge doesn't know a lot about what's going on in the Utah Jazz organization. He said the roster's strong, so this is a chance to come in and work with a really good team. I'm not sure what needs to be done, <laughs> but we'll look at Justin's team and with Quinn Snyder and we'll figure out what we need. But this is a really good team. I think he's just sort of uh, another governor and another mind uh, to uh, be in that in that front office. I don't think he's going to be the boss man and the only boss man. You're almost making it sound, I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, sort of what Jerry West was doing for organizations, right? Like he's not doing day-to-day operations. He's a sounding board. He's obviously had success in the league. And, and maybe that's what Danny Ainge is doing here uh, in Utah. Is it newsworthy to you, TK? Sure, it's newsworthy because it's a big name heading back to a hometown. That's always going to get you a headline. And it'll be more newsworthy, though, I think, when we see what kind of influence Danny Ainge actually has with his time in the Celtics. You know, he was called Trader Danny at one point. Eventually, it became kind of a joke. Like, this guy always says he's going to make a trade. Right. Never does. But in general, Danny Ainge seems to be more of a big swing kind of GM than the Jazz have had recently. They're more tinkering around the edges, trying to figure out how to best uh, maximize their core with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert there. But uh, we've seen Danny Ainge trade the end of an era to start a new era. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of leeway he's given there in the front office. I also like the idea of the Jazz having a really great regular season team and bringing some championship experience in. Dwayne Wade is now uh, part of their ownership structure. Danny Ainge is a governor now. So they're bringing in some people who know how to win titles, which is only going to help for a team that needs to figure out how to win a title when they're in the midst of one of their best runs in franchise history. Lee, anything to add to this? Not really. We'll just sort of see what happens, though, when uh, that final decision does get made and who has the power, because uh, Justin Zanuck is that person right now. Uh, But uh, maybe, according to the Athletic article, Danny Ainge is a little bit above him. So maybe Danny Ainge has the final say. We know, as the other guys have said, Danny Ainge likes to make big deals and he likes to uh, get out there and do stuff. I don't know if the Jazz need that big deal right now, but, you know, if there's some tinkering to be done, Maybe that's where uh, Danny Ainge makes his mark. But otherwise, you know, the Jazz are sort of, they don't need to rock the boat too much. They've got a good system. They've got a good structure in there. Obviously, they desperately want that playoff success. But you don't need someone to come in there and say, okay, we need wholesale changes right now. So there's probably not a a huge move out there to be made anyway right now for uh, the Jazz. Mm -hmm. Can you guys promise me that if you guys ever own an NBA team that you'll bring me in in some capacity? (laughs) Make me Spe- an alternate governor. The, uh, yeah, just some sort of advisor. You could be assistant role. to the general manager. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> Sounds great. I mean, because like, yeah, I mean, Tass said it. These guys are butts, uh, Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge. Like, they're longtime friends. And, yeah. And, and it's a little different because it's not like Danny Ainge is like he was like working at a McDonald's or something like that. I mean, he has a yeah. lot of experience in the league as, you know, in, in a, as a GM, also as a coach, and of course as a player. Uh, but yeah, there's a, definitely that part that there's like, hey, yeah, come come work for me. We'll hang out play some golf and talk about the jazz and their 19 game win streak coming up here. So congratulations there to, to Danny going home to the home state. Like you said, a task, did you find uh, something maybe that you were looking for or, or no? I, I found it, but I don't want to show it. Oh, <laughs> well, I well Cause I have an idea what you were finding because yeah, I couldn't believe you is. didn't bring it up. Cause every time you talk about Danny Ainge, you usually like to point out that he was drafted by the Toronto blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then you were he? looking at cards. I didn't know that. Like, oh, okay. I had no idea that he was drafted. <laughs> say it every time. I couldn't I believe you didn't that. Say it. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, hold on. Was he? 
Was he drafted? Oh, I don't know. They I just mean, signed. Yeah, See? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> throw, throw, throw effect. Yeah, I got my Danny Ainge card here, but it's it's. <laughs> it's I'm not that showing great. it. Oh, he's I'm showing not showing it because it, it, it wasn't it, gonna. It wasn't gonna show that that well. So oh, I made the call. Made the right. call on the fly. Less Danny. Oh well, Hopefully I also could have clicked this thing that said, "I'm not showing that JD in our <laughs> stream <or laughs> private chat." I didn't see that. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, JD did a great job. He went to the three shot instead of including me in that four shot because yep. he knew I was uh, meandering around my garage grabbing my uh, my artwork of cards that my wife put together. It was a great gift. <laughs> Don't be shy, Taz. Don't Let's be see shy. That I'm not shy. I've shown it. It's been oh. in the back, but it's got a huge glare on it. Greg it's super gloss. Drafted. I, show I, it, I used to coward. have it in the background for no it was in the background yeah another comment show it you coward it was in the background behind me for like months while doing this show so you've probably already seen it what round you probably you, already heard what round do you think Danny Ainge was drafted in well, baseball's got like 64 rounds don't they I think like, he was somewhat high if I remember correctly like I don't think it was bro- I don't know fifth 15 so you know oh wow okay <laughs> Mid, I knew mid-rounder five. yeah wow <laughs> Wait, hold yeah. on. F- you mean 15th round? 15th round of the 1977 <laughs> June Amateur Draft. 15th round. Greg, Greg, Greg here says that my dad went to college with him. See if your dad can get a job then with the Jazz. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I just want to know if Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith are going to throw around the baseball in the backyard like, old, like Mitchum. You think you can See, name another Mitchum. player who was oh, drafted? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> drafted in the 15th round of the 1977 draft you think you can name one uh trevor chapel see if he was drafted uh i don't have a trouble oh Chappell. i hope he's right that'd be the uh, weirdest piece of trivia for you to ever yeah, know the, 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 there was an australian cricketer who uh chapel one of the chapel brothers i think was drafted by the blue jays uh I, Greg I, uh I grew up with a james chapel and that guy playing softball hit nothing but diggers his his parents would give him a bag of chips for every home run he hit. <laughs> a fucking kid went yard every time. Oh, he was actually was amazing. Right here. That kid could crush a ball. Is he just wanted chips? Uh, <laughs> this guy loves chips. Uh, my buddy uh, Dub, my buddy Dub is loving that comment right now. I'll tell you, uh, he's hitting dingers. I I hope every home run hit the chapel bell. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more headline. Um, it's, it's not a fun one, but here it is. Yahoo Sports. Uh, we'll give them credit on this one first. It reads, sources say that the NBA is exploring modifications to COVID-19 protocols with rising number of players sidelined. Um, Lee, is this news? Well, uh, it really comes down to whether or not we are headed for another pause, I think, in the season, given so many players in health and safety, safety protocols and missing multiple games and there's more even happening right now. I know the Bulls have obviously had a couple of games postponed. I don't think the NBA obviously wants to have a halt on the season, but no. you know, this is this Omicron uh, variant is really having an impact on on everything in life again. So, it's just a matter of I think whether or not uh, that is going to happen and and you know we know that it could, it's going to affect all the sports leagues hockey and American football as well and and soccer as well. That's happening. Game got postponed. Manchester United game got postponed. So, it's just whether or not they can continue business as normal. I think we've seen that I think it's an eight is the minimum you can have on a roster. I think if you can field eight players, the NBA wants that game to go ahead. So um, 
it's uh, it's tough to see exactly what's going to happen because this variant appears to be really uh, taking off, which is uh, not not a great way to describe it, but it seems to be out there everywhere, and uh, it could slow things down again. So um, whether or not whether or not we're uh, going to have a stoppage, I'm not sure, but uh, that's I think what's going to have to determine it just exactly if if how many teams lose so many players that they just can't field a squad. Well, that's interesting that you go that direction, and we talked about that before. Like, yeah, are they just going to take a break here? Is that a possibility? Because um, I saw Ghostfacezilla write in his newsletter this morning, maybe the opposite direction. Could it be something here where the league is going to try to adjust the rules to avoid forcing asymptomatic players to quarantine for 10 days if they can get the public health experts to sort of buy into that? Like, these guys have it, but they're, you know, they... They're healthy enough. They seem okay. And will they like reduce that? I don't know. That maybe is crazy, but that is the that's the complete opposite direction, obviously, of what you're saying, Lee, and just taking a, a, a pause or a break. Um, Tass, anything to add to this headlines that we're seeing about COVID-19 health and safety protocols? No, I appreciate you guys talking about the serious stuff, but I can't do it this morning. I'm <laughs> all out of serious talks. I okay. had uh, plenty this morning. I want to bring up this fact because this is surprising <laughs> to me about Danny Ainge. Going <laughs> back to Danny Ainge. He, he hit a home run as a Blue Jay in 1979, June 2nd, 1979. He was the youngest Blue Jay to hit a home run for like thir- wow, 30 Wow, until Junior years. Felix came along? No, until no. Vlad Guerrero Jr., oh, wow. until 2019. Uh, C.W.E. Crocker bringing that up in the uh, stream team. So I went and looked it up. Yeah, he had a record for 30 years. Danny Ainge played with the Blue Jays for like uh, two and a half seasons. It was a real quick uh, career. And then he went did, you know, the basketball thing. He was pretty good at that. Um, so, yeah, I think he made the right choice. And then uh, this other comment here from Somed Koka. Just me or is Tass kind of serial killerish? Yeah, you're right. Somed, you're right. Moving on. Uh, Trey, do you have any Danny Ainge uh, thoughts or COVID-19 rule changes, possibly? Well, I do have some follow-up stuff about the 1977 MLB draft, (laughs) but I was planning on getting into that during Tweet of the Week, or Tweet of the Night, so we can get into that after the break. Um, I guess this is pre-news, because I imagine we're going to be hearing a lot more stuff about how regulations are changing, because we have nine days until Christmas, and that is a huge date on the NBA schedule. And my guess is that they're going to do everything they can to play every single one of those games that is scheduled for Christmas Day. Not a lot of time to figure out what kind of regulations need to be in place to ensure that happens. Hopefully everybody stays safe, but we're going to be hearing about the updates pretty soon, I would have to imagine. Yep, I think so. Okay, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, Trey's got Tweet of the Night. We got Pick'em Results. We'll make tonight's pick, and we'll wrap up this bad boy. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC.
All right, back with you, no dunkers. Uh, before we get to tweet of the night, we had that photo of Trey up earlier in the show, and it was driving me nuts. Who does he look like? Who does he look like? We're trying to figure out the actor. Well, at Jamario Moon Knight on Twitter tweeted in at me, and he said, "I think I figured it out. Maybe Trey looks like hell." <laughs> And there are some similarities. I, I've got I've got Elf on my brain recently. There's a lot of Elf content suddenly in the world, and uh, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Jamario Moon Night. Okay, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, I've got a tweet of the night, actually two in the chamber, but let's fact check a few things around here first. Uh, going in order, we were talking about Isaac Okoro's dunk looking very similar to the triple flop we did with Kristen Ledlow forever ago. I found it. Wow. Found it on Twitter. Tass had the tweet. Here it is. There's us in the background behind Kristen Ledlow, Trey, Tass, and Lee fall into each other, feet go flying. I think Kristen Ludlow becomes the Isaac Okoro in this situation. Yeah. Just yeah. standing there. Yeah. Hilarious physical <laughs> comedy bit. So people. good. It's pretty good. That's why we were hired. I you guys that, fall good. That was a one taker, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Oh, yeah, I think you're oh. right. Yeah. Okay, so that's one part of the fake tweet of the night. Number two, the nineteen seventy-seven MLB draft. 15th round is going to be hard to guess. I think the best player was Jerry Dibzinski. You guys remember Jerry <laughs> ah, Dibzinski? Ah, J-Dub. Yeah, J-Dub. Had a great career. 468 games, 909 at-bats. But there were some great players drafted in 1977 in the first <laughs> round, including Tass's favorite player of all time. Paul Molitor? Paul Molitor, number wow. three in the 1977 wow. MLB draft. Uh, behind Bill Gullickson, <laughs> Bill Gullickson, Joliet, <laughs> Illinois, and Harold Baines, another Hall of Famer. Oh, not bad. Hey, was did Sean Landreth get drafted in uh, 1977? Sean Landreth. That's Turbo's uh, ah. uncle. I think I have his name right. He was a pitcher for the Expos. I don't know. It'd be around that time. Larry Landreth. Larry Landreth. That's it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It looks like Larry Landreth. Uh. Currently 66 years old. <laughs> was he drafted to the 77 draft though? It doesn't look like he was draft. Oh. Draft. His last game was in 1977. Debuted oh, in okay. 1976. That's, that's okay. Nice. Great. I thought Benji Molina was your favorite player of all time, Tess. No? Benji Molina. <laughs> no. I mean, I appreciate a guy calling a game, but no. Uh, uh, are you are you confusing him with your favorite player of all time, Jorge Posada? <laughs> oh, Jorge Posada. Yeah, he was actually. Now, mine was actually Raul Mondes. Mondesi, a former Rob Blue Jay. You can tell you're a big fan. Raul Mondesi. Mine is Glen Allen Hill. Oh, Glen Allen Hill. Awesome. Scored fingers in the game, didn't he? Little bink. Big stick. Oh, yeah. Hey, Frank Catalamato was also a great player. I love Big Frankie. What about Terry Steinbach? Come on, we can name baseball players forever. There's a million of them. Terry's another one for you. I love Terry Steinbach. He felt some good games for Rick. Honeycutt. We really should have a spinoff show called "What About This Guy?" where we do mm. this, like we pick <laughs> a topic going. and we just stubby clap. He's a uh, great baseball player. That's an incredible name. He's Canadian, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have yeah. to look at Baseball Reference again? No, no, no. So no, much stuff on this yeah. page. All right, uh, going on down the line. Here's the actor that uh, people thought I looked like. Mark. Okay. 
Boone mm. Jr. Yeah, okay. And especially yep. like at, at haircut time yesterday. <laughs> I mean, this one's a major diss, if I'm being quite honest. I don't like being called Mark Boone Jr. as people in the stream team were mentioning. He's the guy that gets the rat put on him in Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> yeah, Man, I'm trying to be Rip. From Yellowstone, who was the guy that put the rat on him, but here's the trivia for you guys. You're turning into a temper boot. <laughs> Damn, bro. Damn, that hurts. Here's your trivia question. I went into uh, <laughs> went into my haircut place yesterday. Which actor did I say? Whose hair did I want? Whose hair did I want? I see the flow. Zach Lowe. <laughs> I said, CC, give me the Oscar Isaac. Oh, ah. yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys are talking. Good job, CC. Yeah, you got yeah, it. CC, not bad. CC I know, he actually crushed yeah. it. Shout out to CC. If you uh, need a recommendation in the Atlanta area, let me know. But he's booked up until Christmas. Sorry, guys. Oh, wow. He's like he's like Gordon Hayward's uh, hairdresser. <laughs> to bring it back to Gordon yeah. for a second. Everybody gets an hour. Very popular. <laughs> Everybody gets okay tweet of the night nice running on down the list tweet of the night Whoa. we talked about the timberwolves win earlier great win great performance from anthony edwards the fun night continued in the press conference but i had two great tweets couldn't pick so a little more what you got this tweet comes from dane moore quite the post-game outfits for our press conference with carl anthony towns and anthony edwards Cat wasn't wearing a shirt because D'Lo dumped an ice bucket on him after he got dressed. And Ant wasn't wearing pants. I'm not sure why. <laughs> That's tweet one. Tweet two comes from Jace Frederick, who tweeted, I suggested to Carl Anthony Towns that Anthony Edwards thinks he's the best shooter on the team. Cat said, Ant thinks he's the best baseball player, football player, skier, curler, walker, runner. Edwards replies, Anything with a player behind it, I'm the best in the world. Ah, Great response mm. from Mr. Perfect. So the question for y'all, which of those is, should have been tweet of the night? The, sec- the second one, Jesus. And, and mainly because there was a spelling mistake in the first one. Yeah, this guy hates a spelling mistake. <laughs> quiet to me. Come on, Get you your Grammarly you. premium up, buddy. <laughs> Use promo no, code no great. dunks. I, I like the Mr. Perfect, like you're saying there. That's what Anthony Edwards uh, truly believes. And uh, I, I would have gone with that one, but maybe Tasser Lee thinks differently. Uh, either one was great. I like when the guy's just got no pants on because you know you're going out for your press conference and it's like, are you going to whack a pair of Dax on? No, I'll just go out like this. Like, you know, like putting on pants is a very, very fundamental thing of doing anything in front of other people, isn't it? So, guy's not wearing pants. You've got to go, okay, how come you got no pants on, man? Maybe that's it. He's the pants man. No pants man. <laughs> Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had ants in his pants. He had to take uh, them off. As uh, man said, he said, yeah, I, I wanted a, I thought we may get a, an image, uh, you know, some sort of a mock-up of Anthony Edwards with no pants or a pant, I don't know, some sort of meme happening. So yeah, I'm going number two as well. I mean, what? Like, I'm going of course, number two. Of you better not have your pants on. I'm going on number me. two. Ah, ah, ah. Whack a pant. What did you say, Lee? Whack a pair of pants on. Whack a pair of Dax. Whack a pair of Dax. Yeah. That's a term for putting a pair of pants on. Yeah, yeah. Whack your Dax on or whack your Dax off, really. It doesn't. Really... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know that I, I have to stop saying it, though, because my uh, five year old said to me a while ago, Dad, can you help me whack me Dax off? <laughs> I'm like, all right. I got to stop saying it around here because he can't say it to his friends at school. They'll be like, 
Bigger <laughs> results brought to you by BetMGM. Last night was the Grizzlies and Blazers game. I believe the Blazers were favored in this game. Do I have, do I have that correct? Uh, yeah, Chris, my well, that's weird because I saw the Grizzlies as uh, three point faves after. But anyway, okay. doesn't really matter um, nah. because the Grizzlies straight up won the game and pretty comfortably. So that's a victory for Trey, who goes to nine and two. And I got myself a winning streak. Oh wait, I guess it's not a streak. It's a patch. Got a patch. The coin is correctly called two games in a row. I'm three and eight, and uh, more importantly for me, Tess and Lee had Portland, so they got it wrong. You guys are both five and six. I'm two games back. This is doable here. So there's only what four games on? Five games on tonight, Tess. So where are we going? Yeah, four games on. The Bulls Raptors postponed. That would have been the fifth game mm-hmm. on the sked. Um, you know. I think this is a tough game to call, or I thought it was when when I introduced it to you guys. Knicks, Rockets. The Knicks are going into Houston facing a, a tough Houston team. Let's just be honest. Let's just call it what it is. These Rockets are playing extremely well. I see the line is dropping as we speak. Oh. Uh, when I uh, first looked at it this morning, it was at six and a half. The Knicks favored in Houston. That's just that's just too many points for the Houston Rockets. And that's why uh, you jumped on it, Skeets, taking the Rockets. While the other three of us feel like the Knicks will have a bounce-back game. Uh, Rockets on a back-to-back. Got shellacked by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Knicks should be a little fresher. Um, but why do, you th- why do you think you're going to keep coming back in this race here with the Houston Rockets there, Skeets? The coin is hot, baby! Ride the coin! <laughs> Get on board! I'm going to win a million games in a row now after losing a million games in a row. Yeah, uh, it's a... I, I think I actually would have taken the Rockets. I mean, they just got hammered. You know, it's like one of those, like, can they bounce back a little? Probably like they got killed by the Cavs, as we talked about. I think even if they lose, this should be a much more competitive game. I think Christian Wood and Eric Gordon are playing, and yeah. And the Rockets, like, proved to us when they had their own win streak, they're not that bad. And the Knicks are not all that great, so this no, should I'm be surprised the line fun. is that big. Yeah, some mm. of the close games. So. Uh, but the we'll Rockets, Rockets' record's not great. They're coming home after a three-game trip. I love betting against the other team. You know, three-game trip, that's a... Does that equate to the old, hey, they're going to be tired when they come home after a long trip? That first game is feels like a road trip. Is three games long enough for that? Mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Travel so. sucks. Yeah. Travel sucks. No, travel sucks. No matter how long. Especially it is. this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. These that's conditions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Three okay. games feels like five. Yeah. Hey, speaking of traveling. Flying private. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lee, are you? Uh, you're um, headed to the homeland soon. Well, actually, well, uh, our homeland. <laughs> yes, we are uh, planning on going to Canada tomorrow, but. Uh, yeah, we'll you see. say that. We'll uh, you say that like it's not a sure thing. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent. I'd say it's likely, but I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent right now. So, all right, we'll see. Hopefully, you can uh, get across the border and into mm. uh, into Canada there for the holidays. We will be back though with the drop podcast tomorrow morning, ten a.m. Eastern, live here on YouTube. If you want to join us and be a part of the stream team. Keep emailing in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. And if you're a Survivor fan and you want to hear us talk about the finale last night and the reunion show, we'll get into that as well. Jump over to the No Buffs YouTube feed and then podcast feed in a couple hours at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking with Jason Concepcion about uh, the final episode there of Survivor. We're going to have the whole crew back together. JD, Trey, myself, and like I said, Jason Concepcion. Can't wait to talk about that. Until tomorrow, Clipper Bros.
You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, not doing spoilers, not, not spoiling anyone's survivor. I just will say, podcasts, okay, not cool to spoil anything. But on Twitter, everything goes. Mm. Everything goes. Mm-hmm. You can't be on Twitter and expect some live event not to be talked about by anybody. Somebody said to me, hey, you spoiled Survivor for me because you talked about it on Twitter. I unfollowed or I I, I stopped getting alerts from all my Survivor follows, but you're supposed to be the basketball guy. Don't talk about (laughs) Survivor. Sorry, not going to hashtag stick to sport. Twitter (laughs) Twitter is, because Survivor's not a sport. I'm going to say it right now. It's not a sport, Skeets. I love it. I didn't say it was. (laughs) You have said it was. So I'm not going to hashtag stick to sports. Anyway, just get off Twitter. It's it's a live event. You have to treat it like it's a sporting event. Brace the day, people. (laughs) 